I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's Dogmaster and the trainer of Rex on the hit TV series Hudson and Rex. Welcome to How to Dog. Each episode, someone like you calls in with a canine question. This week, we're talking about dogs and grooming. Hi, my name is Eli. Uh, I recently bought my cousin's dog a day at a doggy spa, and it got me wondering, like, what are some of the most extravagant things you can do for a dog? Thanks for your question. There certainly are lots of high-end groomers out there, and your dog doesn't have to be entered in the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show to use them. But, of course, there are lots of regular grooming tips and ideas to pass on, even if you don't want to give your dog a bouffant. So this week, it's all about grooming. My dog's coat is so shiny, she should be on the cover of Vanity Fur. Hi everyone, a reminder that this podcast is not personal advice and you should always consult with an expert when taking care of your own doggo. Over to you, Sherry. Later in the podcast, I'm going to talk to Tanya Ellis. She's a groomer and the owner of Pooches and Pals. She's going to give us some tips on what to do if your dog has a run-in with a skunk or some other emergency grooming issues. That's coming up shortly. But first, I have Nadia Bungelli with me. She is an award-winning groomer, and some of the dogs she's groomed have gone on to win Best in Show Awards. She is also the inaugural Canadian Groomer of the Year. Nadia, how are you? Hey, Sherry. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me today. What is a master groomer? Okay. So a master groomer is, well, we'll start from the beginning. Um, So pet grooming in the United States and Canada and probably several other countries is an unregulated industry, uh, meaning that anyone can just pick up scissors and start grooming the very next day. So because of that, uh, groomers in Canada and the United States have put together organizations uh, with courses. It's totally elective. It's something that we choose to do just, you know, based on our own interest and just wanting to add some more credibility to our name. So we uh, take some tests, written and practical. And when we pass them all, uh, we are accredited as uh, certified master groomers with certain organizations. So when people get, um, let's say an old English sheepdog, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody out there has seen an old English sheepdog be shown, but they're these big, huge puff balls. And like, I can't even imagine the hours that would go into maintaining one of these dogs but a lot of people don't realize that you know that is a ton of grooming to keep their coats long and big fluffy poofy coats like that and and the hours that they put into grooming not only at a groomer but at home and then they get these dogs and then they bring them and they shave them down and then they're like well I wanted my dog to look like that How long, (laughs) how much work goes into maintaining a poodle or an old English sheepdog or something like that? Can you give us any kind of idea? Yeah. So I actually own a standard poodle who I used to show. And this summer I made some sheepdog friends. So I've been helping show and groom some sheepdogs. So, um, it's, it's pretty much daily maintenance at home, uh, weekly or biweekly bathing, definitely, 
you know, you want a professional's touch, but you also need to, to train yourself and educate yourself on how to take care of that code at home and really maintain the schedule. Um, something, something I run into a lot is, is pet parents will purchase a dog that they maybe saw at the dog show or at the Westminster show televised, uh, dog shows. And, uh, they don't know why their dog can't have the same haircut. Um, it's a, it's a lot of maintenance. So what I try to do is kind of find a happy medium. (laughs) Yeah. It must be difficult because, you know, I hear that a lot and especially with all the doodles that are coming out, like there's labradoodles and then doodles and Bernadoodles. And these dogs have quite a coat and people are like, Oh, they're so cute. They're fluffy when you get them as a puppy, but then they're shaving them bald. And they're like, Oh, we had no idea the maintenance on these coats. Exactly. So I, I actually am uh, just beginning to, to breed Bedlington Terriers. So I, I would love to be a preservation breeder of Bedlington Terriers. And a lot of my good friends at the dog show are preservation breeders of their own breeds. But uh, what we're running into is some t- most of the time when uh, when pet parents are buying uh, doodles, um, unfortunately their their breeder or or the producer won't go over the grooming. So we really try to educate them about the grooming. But um, you know, I I mostly I groom a lot of doodles. My area of Toronto, it's you know very very popular breed of dog to get, and I love my doodles. And I try to educate my uh, my pet parents on how to maintain their coats, so we're not shaving them. And some of them want that, some of them don't. But I would say, um, if you want something long, my clients usually come in about every other week for maintenance bathing. Okay. So I got a question for you because, um, you know, I frequent dog shows and I cannot believe on uh, many of these dogs, they look like they have like little, little stubby nails. How often (laughs) should you be cutting a dog's nails? Yeah. Okay. So how often should you be cutting a dog's nails? I would recommend about, um, every three to four weeks, uh, just like a nail grinding just for a regular pet people. I have clients who come in sometimes, uh, they'll come in between their regularly scheduled appointments just for a nail trim and grinding the nails that you're referring to. There's some breeds out there and I'm going to spotlight standard poodles and Dobermans, um, just based on the breed standard and the structure of the foot. Um, when we show them, we just prefer to have their nails really short and their nails will actually get ground, um, about every day, just for a couple seconds, just to achieve that. It is a pretty unrealistic for a pet, but as long as you're going in every three to four weeks to get the nails trimmed and filed, I think you're pretty good. Is there a rule about cleaning out eyes or keeping hair out of ice? Yeah, I actually own two breeds that have coat in front of the eyes. I have a Sealyham Terrier and I have the Ibri Bedlington Terriers and they do have coat that lays right in front of their eyes. For these specific breeds of dogs, I pay special attention to their eyes about once a day, once or twice a day. I'll I'll just feel around the eyes. I'll pick out any sort of crusty bits or goopy bits with like a baby wipe or a paper towel, always just paying attention to that. It's really easy to let that go, um, you know, build up staining, stuff like that. So if you do own a breed, um, you know, with a fall or hair that grows between the eyes, or if that is just your preferred style for your dog, um, then I, I would, I would just pay more attention to that, that area for sure. Okay. Now, can you help me get over and tell us if it's a myth or not? A lot of people say, well, I can use the same shampoo as my dog. <laughs> no, I, I would not recommend it. I don't know the exact science, but 
the pH levels on our skin is different from a dog's skin and the shampoos and the soaps that we use for our hair and on our scalp is for our specific pH on our skin. So when we do use that on a dog, we will, we will dry out their skin. If you use a professional brand of shampoo for your pets, you can bath them as often as twice a week if you'd like to, but it has to be for dogs. And if you are going to bath them frequently, I would always follow up with a conditioner also made for dogs and make sure you rinse really well every time. You know, it, it's funny because when people see these dogs on television and at dog shows, they don't realize that if those dogs are on a circuit and they're being shown every weekend or they're going on a show circuit, those dogs have to be groomed like every few days. Oh, oh yeah. My, my Bedlington Terriers, we, you know, we wake up in the morning, um, Anyone watching this, I'm, I'm obviously going to tell my friends that I was on this podcast. So when my friends um, listen to this, they're going to laugh because I always make a Facebook post at 4 a.m. Um, the first day of the dog show, I wash all my Bedlingtons and then we get to the show and I put product in them. But at the end of the day, um, I need to wash it out. And then we do the same thing every single day of the show. We wake up in the morning, have a bath. We put product in for the show and then we wash it out at the end of the day because we don't want the buildup of product on the skin. You want to keep their skin and coat as healthy as possible, but you know what? These dogs are used to it. And, um, you know, my, my Sealyham Terrier and my American Cocker, they just lay down on the table and let me work on them. Like they fall asleep. <laughs> That's funny. Now what happened? Did you find that during the pandemic that dogs were not being maintained? Like, did you find that, you know, there was a problem with dogs coming in more matted or not in as good condition as we had, you had hoped for? Yes. The first month after coming back both times was incredibly stressful because, um, we were, you know, the whole time during the pandemic, I was getting, you know, texts and calls from my clients, emails with photos. How do I do this? What about this? And I was trying my best to help them because, you know, grooming isn't just about looking good. It's it's about the overall health of your pets. So when we got back, it was, it was it was really hard. Um, just seeing these dogs that were normally in great condition, um, just struggling with some of them had infections between their paws. We had some like ingrown toenails, ear infections, just stuff that could be easily prevented with routine maintenance. And even though our clients, a lot of them tried their best to keep up with the dogs, um, because of the, because of the breeds that we groom here, like we groom a lot of poodles and doodles and stuff like that. It, it does become overwhelming. So, um, our clients were very good to us. So they would bring us cookies and coffee and they tipped really well, but yeah, it, it's, it was overwhelming for everybody for sure. You know, it's funny because a lot of people don't realize what a groomer does. And when you said uh, about the health and the well being of the animal, grooming a dog, basically that's what you're, you're actually maintaining and checking that dog over probably better than most vets do because you've got them right down to the skin and you're, you're, I mean, you're handling every toe, you're doing their ears, you're brushing their teeth, you're washing out their eyes. So you actually, at the same time of grooming, are doing a full physical exam of the animal. Absolutely. And I appreciate you you recognizing that. Like there's there's been a lot of times where I found a lump or a bump or I found uh um what's it called? I found lymphoma on dogs several times. I found, you know, lipomas, like just fatty masses that have ended up, you know, I thought it was a fatty mass. I say, go check it out. It's actually cancer. I found toe cancer. Um, 
just, just, you know, I've noticed if a dog's belly is distended, I say, go to the vet, they end up, you know, doing blood, the blood work and getting diagnosed with Cushing's or like, Oh, your dog needs its anal glands done at the vet. Cause they're impacted. Like just stuff like that. Um, just because, yeah, we put our hands on the dog every time and we're touching them for an hour or more every single time. So we kind of have a memory of how your dog feels in certain areas. So there's been a number of things that, you know, I, I don't love finding these things, but we find them. And, and I honestly feel like if, you know, we didn't find them and speak up about them, the pets lives could be very different m- moving forward for sure. Yeah. Now I am going to have to ask, and I, it's killing me and I am <laughs> dying to know what is groom team Canada. All right. Groom team Canada is essentially like your Olympic grooming team for Canada. So I believe there's about 25 or so national teams around the world. And what we do, we're crazy. Um, it, there's usually a two year cycle for, for point collecting, uh, because of COVID, uh, things are a little different this year, but we go to grooming competitions. I go to grooming competitions in Canada and the United States travel all over probably about 20 a year. And we congregate at these huge grooming trade shows and we compete on these huge stages. And, um, you know, if you win, depending on how many people you beat, you get a certain amount of points. The the point cycle, uh, we tabulate the points and we come up with a top five for each team. And I'm the sporting groomer, uh, representing Canada. So I will be flying to Belgium, hopefully in September, if everything, everything's good with, uh, some Cocker Spaniels to compete with my team at the world level. And I'm so excited. It's my, it's been my dream since I, you know, started grooming, since I found out about, about groom team. Um, and I was supposed to go last, last you know, I was supposed to go in May, 2020, but we all know what happened there. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm very excited to go to Belgium, uh, and represent my country. And I think we've got a really amazing team. And I think we can, can really, uh, you know, impress the world with what we can do. Well, thank you very much for being with us. And, you know, many people I'm sure will be looking you up and I'm sure with a great amount of respect for what you do. So thank you so much and go groom team Canada. (laughs) Thank you so much. Nadia Bungelli has won numerous awards for her dog grooming skills. You can find her online at doggyland.ca. In a minute, I'm going to share with you one of my stories about grooming dogs. You're not going to want to miss it. That's coming up shortly. So as many of you know, I have many dogs and I do grooming and I do training and I do boarding and I do daycare. Well, we had a client come in and he wanted his doodle looking like a little puppy clip and nice and fluffy. Well, I brought the dog in and I said, well, I don't think that's going to be possible because I can't even find the skin on the dog. Let me tell you, I took this dog that probably looked like it should weigh about 60 pounds And by the time I was done grooming it, it weighed about mm, 18 to 22 pounds. And the coat on the dog came off in one solid piece. So we actually could hold the coat up and it was four legs, a tail, and the entire body of the dog. And it was all in one piece. I will never forget. Anyways, the owner came back. I had shaved the dog bald and I had the, the... 
the shaving part all all just laid out. And he was like, for a second, he actually thought it was his dog. Hi, my name's Ashley. Uh, my dog decided to pick a fight with a skunk and came back home smelling like he had lost that battle. Uh, and I panicked, so now I'm calling to find out what you actually do when a dog gets skunked. Thanks so much. My next guest, Tanya Ellis, she's also a professional dog groomer, and her company, Pooches and Pals, won the Consumer Choice Award for Business Excellence in Peel Region, west of Toronto. She's going to help us with some of the trickier and smellier issues with dog grooming. Tanya, how are you? It's going great. How are you, Sherry? I'm very well, thank you. If you have a dog that has to be clipped, Mm -hmm. how often should that happen? I usually recommend, it really depends on how they want their dog to look. So I have clients that come in every four weeks, and then I have clients that come six or eight weeks. I think the absolute maximum would be eight to 10 weeks. But if you want your dog long and fluffy, then I think that between four and six weeks is um, probably your best bet to maintain like a fluffy doodle, which is what a lot of people want these days. I want you to walk us through what you do for a groom. From the time I walk in the door and I say, hi, Tanya, here's my dog. Can you all pick it up in an hour? What do you say? You you must look at them like they have 10 heads. Well, yeah, first of all, if you're going to bring in a doodle that's about between 90 and 120 pounds, then an hour is a little unrealistic. <laughs> so it takes between two and three hours to get a nice groom on a on a doodle. Um, and as soon as they drop them off, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go over their expectations and our realistic expectations. So it just depends on what the dog's coat looks like and if it's matted and if there's any underlying conditions. And then we'll decide together what the best option is for that dog's haircut. So when, when a dog comes into you, do you bath them? Yep, we do. So usually we would take the the coat short if they are matted first, and then we would bath them after. So there is like a process to it. So we would do the shaving and then trim their nails, clean their ears, and then give them a wash and blow dry, and then do the finishing clip afterwards. So so you bath and blow dry, and then, okay, so we're talking about a clip dog here that you've got a bath and blow dry. And, you know, is there any tips? Because I can imagine you get puppies and you've got dogs that haven't been um, desensitized to this. Right. And I have to say that we're not just dog groomers, but we are also dog trainers as well, because we don't know what kind of training's been going on at home. So we have to train the puppies to be able to stand on the table and um, get their nails trimmed, even though sometimes they just want to scream out of it. But yeah, we have to make sure that it's better for them. You know, a lot of people say when they're coming here that they're happy to come in because we actually practice calm energy, you know, kind of like Caesar Milan. So like if you're calm on the inside, then the dog will be calm on the inside as well, knowing that, you know, you're there for them. And because they don't 
like loud noises. We do have music always playing in the background on low. Um, and just keeping that calm environment for them really helps them understand that we're there for them. I used to know you when you had a boxer, which was many, many years ago. And, mm -hmm. um, but I saw you had a pug. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. I had Sandy, my Sandy girl, but I actually recently lost her. Oh and, my gosh. Um, I'm so sorry. In March. It's okay. It was really hard. And she was my princess. She left us at the ripe old age of 15. So that's wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I still think about her. I wake up at night thinking about her, you know. It's something we do. I don't feel bad. I still think about bullet like every day. So there oh, you go. Bullet. Like, yeah. And I have a know? poodle now too named Stewie. So he's the yeah, one like that I, Sandy, I used to paint her nails and give her earrings like those little, not real earrings. So not real <laughs> earrings, just plastic <laughs> like stick ons. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And I have Stewie who's, you know, he lets me do anything to him now. But he was a rescue dog. No way. Really? Yeah, he was. Wow. So when he came to me, um, he just didn't like grooming. Uh, not very much. So, you know, he doesn't necessarily love the blow dryer, the high velocity on his head, you know. So um, it was funny when I got him, I had to train him to like all those things a little better. But he needs like... You know, some TLC, I got to use just the fluff dryer on him. And um, sometimes he shows his little teeth at me when I'm doing his nails. But other than that, <laughs> he's good now from, for grooming. There's this saying that if your dog gets sprayed by a skunk, to pour tomato juice on them. Oh, yeah, no. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that would have been like the old thing that people were saying. But... um like, what do you think pet parents' first in instinct is? So, yeah, tomato juice, or they think that they should wet the coat right away. Um, there is a method, and it's um, a quarter a cup of baking soda, one to two teaspoons of dishwashing detergent, um, like Dawn, a quart of 3% hydrogen peroxide solution. Mix all of this in a bucket. Work the foaming mixture well into the coat, mostly in the areas where the dog is skunked. So usually, you know, they're pretty nosy, so they get skunked around the face. So I suggest just be cautious of the eyes. Leave that solution on for about five minutes. Then you're going to rinse it with warm water. And then after that, you're going to um, give them a nice bath with some dog shampoo. So, um, okay, I got another question for you. Yes. If your dog gets into burrs. Yes. I actually I mean, had this just the other day. Um, so, you know, there's different kinds of burrs. There's those big bristly ones. And then there's the small little green ones that get stuck in the coat. Um, so the method I use, we had a Burmese that came in and the Burmese had them mostly in the tail. Um, so I grab a slicker brush. And the slicker brush is a typically a wire brush with firm bristles. They're great for dogs with um, short wiry coats and terriers. They're also good for medium to long-haired dogs for removing matting. When using that slicker brush on the burr area, you should hold the hair in your hand and use the slicker brush to comb through the burrs 
And hopefully your dog is used to being brushed, so this won't be a problem. Um, <laughs> worst case scenario, if you can't get those burrs out with the slicker brush, then you can bring it to a groomer and they can try. Just let them know about the situation in advance. Um, and I always recommend when brushing to use caution in the sensitive areas like the groin, the ears, the tuck up and the face and the bum and just brush gently so that you don't scratch their skin. Where did you find your passion? You! (laughs) My mom got me a job with you. I left Willie with you for boarding. And um, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was like, you know, Sherry, I can't thank you enough. Like I mentioned you in my book multiple times. Oh no! That's the things not to do when you're a boss. (laughs) Yeah. So you were, you really were an inspiration for me. Like I looked up to you and not in like a creepy sort of way. It was kind of like, you were very inspirational for me. And I was always like, man, I want to be like her. I want to be like a boss babe. And I want my clients to love me. And like, you know, I want to be so busy all the time. And so, you know, that anyways, and I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to to speak to you about this topic that I'm so passionate and proud of. Well, I'm, I'm super, super proud of you. And, um, so anybody who's looking to be a groomer, anybody who needs a dog groom and anybody who wants to know what it's like to open up a business, you're going to want to look up Tanya Ellis. Thank you for being with us today, Tanya. Thank you so much, Sherry. It was a pleasure. Tanya Ellis is a professional dog groomer located west of Toronto. You can find her online at poochesandpalsinc.com. I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's Dog Master, and you're listening to How to Dog, the podcast that answers all your canine questions. I hope Nadia and Tanya were helpful in identifying some of the things that we owners need to think about when grooming our dogs. And if your dog does get skunked, hopefully you'll know better on what to do and what to use when it happens. This is our last episode of the season, but don't worry, we'll be back again soon with another season of How to Dog. We hope you've had as much fun listening as we've had making it. From all of us in the How To Dog family, take care and make sure you give those dogs a big hug and a kiss every night. How To Dog is hosted by Sherry Davis, produced by Devin Langell, Carrie Hayden, and Adam Killick. Executive producers are Christina Jennings, Scott Garvey, Natalie Rodriguez, and Sherry Davis. Editing and mixing by Adam Killick. Research by Nicole Saltz. How to Dog is a Shaftesbury podcast produced in association with Roger Sports and Media and is part of the Frequency Podcast Network. You can find more great shows at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com. Copyright 2021, Shaftesbury. Shaftesbury.